Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. Today, I am joined by Chetan from the Talos Outreach team. Uh, thanks for coming on, Chetan. This is the first time you've uh, been on the show, I think. Hi, John. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, this is the first time. So uh, real quick, can you just introduce yourself then to the audience? Um, obviously, working on the Talos Outreach team, you do a lot of threat hunting, uh, and you write a lot of different blog posts, uh, but what else can you tell the folks about your role? I'm with Talos uh, since last two years, and uh, I'm working here as a security researcher, and mainly focusing on uh, hunting the latest threat or uh, threat campaigns or malware and diving deeper into it, researching it, mainly to generate actionable uh, intelligence out of it, and then writing about those research and representing uh, Talos publicly in the blog post and also talking about it in the IT conference in the world. So the reason why I'm having you on this week is to talk about uh, a new Outlook botnet that helped discover and you wrote about for the Talos blog. As always, I'll be linking to the full post in the show notes for anyone who wants to read more or pick up some more details about this. But this is a botnet that we're calling Horrorbot, and it comes with a new banking Trojan, and it's a spam tool that you discovered that's been active since at least like late 2020-ish. So can you kind of just start out by giving us a quick overview of Horrorbot, how you found it, and you know why it was interesting, why you felt like you wanted to write about it? So this Horrorbot uh, is actually a, a botnet program that is written in PowerShell. And this, we identified it as a last payload that was uh, dropped in an attack. So initially, the attack chain that started uh, from a phishing email and which was multi-stage and which involves multiple components in the attack. And the last stage was this horobot. And the attacker has used this horobot to not only to exfiltrate the victim's email addresses in their mailboxes, but also uh, to propagate attack by spreading uh, across not only limiting to uh, within the victim's organization, but across different organization and also across like different webmail accounts or generically spreading uh, to different users. Yeah. So like you said, the, basically when somebody's hit with Horbot, their Outlook mailbox is kind of essentially taken over by the attacker. Uh, so what sort of things then the, is the actor in this case uh, trying to spread this botnet? What are they kind of hoping to do then once they gain access to the mailbox. So here, uh, interestingly, once the attacker gets access to the victim's mailbox, firstly, what they are doing here is they are collecting all the email addresses by navigating to victim's uh, Outlook application contacts or address address book, and also to all the folders uh, which are there in the victim's mailbox by taking over uh, the Outlook data file, which is uh, placed on the uh, victim's machine, and then navigate through every single email and gathers all the email addresses uh, which are there in the CC, BCC, and to and from address spaces. And once they collect all the email addresses, the interesting part here is the attacker is trying to identify what type of email addresses they are by looking into an object name that is called address entry user type, which is a mappy object type. And that will uh, tell the attacker that if the email ID is an exchange agent 
or if it is uh, from exchange public folder or that address belong to the same or different exchange forest, forest or that uses LDAP or uh, SMTP. So these kind of information that will that the attacker can know by uh, looking into this object type and they are doing it in this bot. And after uh, gathering or uh, doing recon with all those information, they are exfiltrating those email addresses to the C2. And once the email addresses are exfiltrated, then they are uh, constructing a malicious or uh, like a phishing email, attaching uh, a malicious HTML document that they download from another command and control uh, server during this process and send uh, spam emails to all the email addresses that they have gathered. So outside of email, what are some of the implications for this threat? Like, can you kind of explain to me how the banking Trojan kind of fits into the broader threat here? Here, the attacker's main uh, motive in this campaign is to uh, exfiltrate or do the financial gains or like exfiltrate intellectual information such as uh, credentials and uh, other uh, financial data of the victims. To do that, uh, they have employed uh, banking trojans um, in this campaign. And uh, this banking trojan, usually uh, that's the first payload which they are uh, dropping onto the victim's machine. And the interesting part here is they are employing a side-loading technique that they uh, drop the banking trojan in the form of malicious DLL. And they are side-loading that malicious DLL to a legitimate executable that they drop in the attack chain during the infection process. And this banking trojan has a specific information so, or like the specific techniques such as they firstly, they have built in Delphi and uh, they have embedded forms. And using these forms, they are uh, creating fake overlays on the internet banking applications, such as like their login pages, uh, where they enter the credentials or the user uh, will enter the credentials. And also they are uh, creating uh, overlays on the, uh, like the notification box. Like uh, when you uh, want to enter the OTP information which you have received, or the secure key information that you have received through an SMS or something to your phone and you want to enter that into your uh, uh, internet banking application on your computer and that small notification box or like that small uh, area is being overlaid by this banking trojan. In that way, they are uh, trying to exfiltrate or like compromise those uh, information. With that, they can get the financial related uh, information of the victims. And uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, they are trying to go through the uh, Google Chrome databases and uh, get all the fields which are there in the Google uh, Chrome database, including the URL and uh, including the usernames and passwords of the website that they have tried to access. And they are creating a .sql file, which is a SQL file uh, which contains all the queries which will create the table using all these data uh, which we identified. So in that way, they will get all the login credentials. Maybe it will be a banking site or banking domain, or maybe it will be another uh, shopping platform or uh, anywhere where they can try to get more information related to their financials, like credit cards and those types. Was there like anything else particularly unusual about Horbot that stood out to you that you thought was really interesting? Like, at least for me, this is kind of the first time I've, I've heard about this type of botnet totally taking over a user's Outlook mailbox. So was, you know, is that the case? Is that particularly unique to this threat? 
Yeah, that's right. That's uh, uh, one thing which is very interesting here is the technique which the attacker is using by employing this horobot. So what happens here is like when attacker takes over the entire mailbox of a victim belongs to one particular organization. And in that mailbox, uh, he will have a lot of contacts um, who belongs to other organization uh, who might be are the direct contacts or they might be doing direct business with those entities. And uh, they will be knowing each other. When using this bot and when they generate the spam emails or like the phishing email and they send to those contacts, in their organization at the mailbox level, it is easy for the attacker to bypass the controls that are in place in the mailbox server that are sender policy framework checks and those type of uh, uh, controls where usually the organizations will whitelist the domains from where the email will be received. So the attacker can easily bypass this control. That is uh, uh, one thing and easily it can be delivered to the victim's mailbox. And another interesting thing uh, which I highlighted just now is trying to find out what type of those email IDs are. So whether they belong to an exchange forest of the same or different. With these things, it shows that um, this botnet also has the potential uh, to create business email compromise type of attacks. Although like in this campaign, we did not see any uh, instance related to business email compromise, whereas the hard-coded uh, subject or hard-coded body of the uh, email is not related to any specific financial related information of a particular organization, which would be sent to a financial team or something. But it has a potential where uh, the, in the follow-up attacks or something like the attacker can implement those type of messages and try to create business email type of attacks. And uh, lastly, what can it kind of tell us about coverage and protection? Uh, certainly in the, the blog post, uh, we have the usual Snort and Claim AV signatures and Cisco Secure product uh, prevention and detection. But where does things like user education and just solid email hygiene in general come into play uh, if users want to avoid this botnet? Sure, John. I do definitely agree with you. Like, firstly, now, on top of uh, every single detection and control, user education and email hygiene uh, uh, plays a, an important role here, wherein using this type of botnets, usually the emails or the phishing emails which we received from a non-contact, like uh, by uh, seeing that email uh, which we have received from the non-contact uh, and the user should have knowledge about that, in a way that even though they receive emails from known contacts, they should evaluate the email first and see about the topic. Is that topic relevant to their uh, regular business? Or uh, they might have to uh, step out and uh, try to check with a sender uh, about what this email it is. And uh, this is also another thing like attackers are taking advantage of uh, remote working or hybrid working like earlier in an office, like when you're sitting together with next to the colleagues and usually when you receive emails, like if it is slightly suspicious, uh, we used to just have a word with uh, your colleague saying that what this email is about or something. And now, uh, since you're working from home, there are uh, chances that you might think that email might have been received from a legitimate uh, sender or something and chances of getting compromises more. So in that case, Every user um, uh, need to be careful about um, 
the email which they have received or about the contents or if there are any attachment refrain from opening the attachment until you uh, get yourself comfortable with the email or the messages mm-hmm. so that is one thing uh, with respect to the education and email hygiene and other than this uh, with the controls um, deploying multi factor authentication really helps in combating the phishing type of attacks and also uh, understanding regular network pattern for the organizations or the network uh, defenders plays a major role here and also it's good to deliver the email through a secure gateway jazz uh, like we have uh, cisco secure email that can scan the uh, email contents from phishing malware or other uh, email based type of attacks so it will be helpful here and also with the usage of like dns security product can help users um, uh, like from navigating or uh, it can block the users from navigating or downloading contents from phishing domains Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for joining me this week to talk about this threat. Uh, once again, I'll be linking to the blog post in the show notes. So if you'd like to learn more about this, it's down there. Uh, thanks as always, Sean, for your time uh, and have a great weekend. Thank you so much, John, for having me here today. And you do have a great day ahead. 